0: Of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.
2: NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with
3: iHeartRadio. It's Thursday, December 15th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast.
2: that is the voice of today's special guest guest singular only one because this is a very special throwback thursday edition of nfl total access the podcast i am your host nfl network senior writer andrew levy and i'm so blessed and grateful to have steve the moochie man the mooch mariucci joining us in studio Coach, I wanted to just take some time to talk with just you today. I think that was a bit of a curveball, but thank you for swinging. I appreciate that. I want to talk about your journey in the NFL. I want to know when the dream started. Were you a little kid? Was football in your family? Who introduced it to you? When did it get in your blood? It hit you at a cellular level at some point. And we see that in the enthusiasm that you bring every single
3: day. What started this? I was a youngster. My father was a coach. He was not a football coach. My dad was a wrestling coach and a boxing coach. In fact, he was a two-sport athlete at Michigan State after the war, he uh, he was on the GI Bill and he was a wrestler and boxer at Michigan State. So when he was coaching, I was a little guy and I would hang out and I would see him coach and I would be around those wrestlers and I would kind of enjoy, enjoy watching how people worked, how they trained, how they competed. And I enjoyed watching my dad coach and teach. So it started then. And then it got to a point where, you know, we I grew up back in Upper Upper Peninsula, Michigan, and it was close to the Green Bay Packers. So I I, I got introduced to football watching Vince Lombardi's Packers. You kidding me?
0: All the time, regardless of what game it is or anything else, you play like champions every minute out there.
3: And of course, that was the dynasty year. So I thought the the, the you know that the the sun rose and set on the Green Bay Packers, right? Um, and I we would go down. We didn't go to any games. We couldn't afford to go to a game, but we could afford to drive down and watch practice, watch training camp, like thousands of people do. And I remember watching those players. I have autographs from Bart Starr and Paul Horning and Willie Davis and Willie Wood, and I could name that whole team right now, all of them, okay? But Vince Lombardi coaching, you know, riding the seven man sled, yelling at everybody. <laughs> it was fascinating. So it it got in my blood as a six, seven, eight, ten year old. And it's like, hmm. So so but but anytime you have a dream or a thought, you need some confirmation on on that on that dream or 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 some more you know emphasis that says hey uh it's a serious kind of dream not just a you know i you know it's not like i i, I wanted it to be uh you know mr america or anything I, I, something that was realistic and it and it was when i was growing up in elementary school and high school the people that i admired most were were my other than my parents where are my coaches and some teachers growing up? And I, t- I tell all these high school coaches that come with their, with their teams on game day morning. I said, Hey, thanks. Keep it up, man. you have no idea how important you are to these kids. And some of them don't get paid and they're doing it because they love kids and they love to teach and they want the kids to go on a, you know, straight and narrow path or whatever that is. But they're influential because I grew, I grew up with influential coaches. I, I learned how to be, you know, uh, you know, from my little league baseball coach, Larry Barkle, all right? When I was 9, 10, and 11, 12 years old to high school coaches, these were my, my mentors. So I wanted to be like them. That's why I went to college to be a teacher because I wanted to be a high school coach. So Tom Izzo and I grew up together and we went to college together. We wanted to be teachers and coaches like the people we admired. It was that simple. I
2: find your perspective
3: interesting because you said you guys couldn't afford to go to the games, so you
2: would go down to the practice. And what a blessing that was for you. Not the veneer of Lambo on game day, but behind the curtain, behind the scenes, seeing images that would become your future. It was almost as if you were manifesting your own future in those moments. Okay, fine. You didn't get to go to Sunday, but watching a Tuesday and a Wednesday that probably crystallized the image for you of what your future would look like, because that is what your future looked like.
3: I remember, yeah, I remember the the, uh, the, the the times I was getting autographs from those players, vividly. Okay, but I also remember sneaking in. I don't know, and Lambeau Field wasn't as big as it was now as it is now, but the gates were open. My family and I we walked in down the tunnel, and I I stood by the goalpost, and I went. Oh my God, this is Lambeau Field. Are you kidding me? This is what we watch on Sundays as a family, I, every Packer game, okay? That's what you did. We went to church, we ate a big Italian meal, we watched the Packers, then we went out and played football in the yard. That was every Sunday, okay? So now I'm standing on that field going, oh, I, I'm just like goosebumps, trying to think about this is where Bart Starr's quarterback sneak against in the ice bowl against the Dallas Cowboys. Oh my God! Well, anyway, so you know, if you fast forward to a few few decades later, I'm coaching there. I'm coaching the Green Bay Packers, and it was like it was surreal. It How was, many pinch me moments did you have that for every day? Weeks? Every day, I would stay there late. Everybody would be gone. I'd be walking through the hallways, pretty much in the dark, going, "I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe this. I'm coaching and working here for my childhood dream, and 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 now and now it, this is." Who, who, how did I get here? Okay, but before we jump ahead to your coaching career, which was
2: fascinating and successful, you've had an impact on so many lives of so many people at the teams that you have been in contact with, Cal and Detroit and San Francisco and, of course, Green Bay. You were a player, sir. Let's not overlook the obvious. You were not just a player. You were a quarterback, and you were not just a quarterback. You were a national championship winning quarterback that is a huge bullet point on the resume talk to me about your playing career and did the dream of being a player at the next level come before dreams of getting into coaching
3: yes i did and i as you grow up you 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 think big most kids think bigger than what reality provides for them but uh, I always thought that I was going to play for the Green Bay Packers. I, 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 this is weird, but I, I imagine myself being buried in a casket with a Packer jersey on, okay? I'm just, that's pretty weird. I, I don't know. I just had that, I had that thought all the time that I was going to be that, you know, that in, ingrained with the Packer organization. So, you know what's kind of funny too that you don't know anything about this, Drew? When I was a kid, I had a speech impediment, okay? I couldn't say my ethics. I, I couldn't, I couldn't. And I was, because of that, I was introverted, shy, would not talk in class. If the teacher asked me what's one in one, I would shake my head. I did not want to talk. I didn't want to talk. And I went to a Catholic school, uh, Immaculate Conception. We called our bus the Immaculate Contraption. Anyway, so Sister, <laughs> Sister Joan, second grade, she, 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 she got me. She knew that I was shy and I didn't, I couldn't speak very well. And she would hug me and she would encourage me and she would help me get through some of the times where I had to simply answer a question or stand out in front of a class. Um, and and she was kind of the first person that ever tried to help me along personally. And I, I remember that very, very well. I have her picture in my office. I was this big, my little Catholic uniform on, and she has, you know. Um, so I, I grew up really introverted. I had to go to speech class. They had to pull us out of, three of us, out of uh, third grade really embarrassing, you know, I mean, when kids have to leave a class, because yeah. other kids can be brutal, and I mean, kids can be, they can be bullies, or they can make fun of you, or they can giggle, or laugh, or go, oh yeah, there they go. Let's just learn how to talk, and you know what I mean? Yeah. And But it, it even when I learned to say my S's, I still didn't grow out of that introverted kind of thing, or that shyness kind of thing. I, I didn't like speaking in high school. I didn't date girls till I was very l- much later, didn't want to go to homecoming or prom or none of that stuff. No chance. And, and so, so when you get into coaching, you realize you better want to speak because that's what it's all about. Yes, sir. All, all day, every day. And so, um, I remember when I went out to Cal State Fullerton, I said, if I want to stay in this racket and I, and I, I did, I loved it, but I have to be better. I have to be a better communicator. So I took a Dale Carnegie class Interesting. for I don't know 22 weeks or whatever, and pay out my own money and go every Wednesday night and learn how to do all the things that they teach you, and to snap out of my little issues that I had about being, uh, you know, my communication kind of issues. I w- I'd, I'd rather not speak than speak at all. And so I, I did that, and it helped me. And I, I uh, you know, it's it's just it's just part of the process. I had to overcome the speech impediment.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill, so you can stay in there as long as you want. You're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap, fresh green Irish shop. Now at a store near you snag a job
4: is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand. Temp to hire part-time or full-time you name the position So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
1: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets.
4: you
2: are listening to nfl total access the podcast i'm your host nfl network senior writer andrew levy you came from a part of the world though and certainly from parents and a community that valued accountability your dad was a wrestling coach he was a boxing coach you talk of the discipline of your weekend ablutions as a family church packers and play it was exactly my situation in washington dc church every sunday morning at holy trinity in georgetown Redskins games, back at home for a family dinner, and then if John and I, my brother and I, could squeeze in some Nerf football in the front yard of the back. You know what, Drew? We were out there doing that.
3: You know what? Every week. We don't do that enough anymore. No, we don't. We don't have enough family dinners. Yep. We don't go to church enough. I know. We don't sit there and watch a Packer, whatever that is, together. Families are so busy and scattered and yeah, they different things to do, and um, it's just, it, you know what? It, it, it's a shame in some regards. It's a shame because because those those are so important, those, those, those family times, uh, those traditions or custom, whatever you call them, we just don't see that enough anymore.
2: I'm naturally inclined to doubt authority. I have a somewhat cynical chip on my shoulder about authority as anyone who knows me knows quite well. And so when I came to work for the NFL, as grateful as I was and remain for the opportunity to work for the NFL, there was always this Phrase associated with the NFL that football is family. And I was inclined to be distrustful of that, mistrustful of that. I didn't, I didn't believe that an organization that was this big or this successful and generated this much money, um, and required the services of young men to put their bodies on the line each and every week could really stand by a phrase like football is family. And yet the closest that I have come in this building to a feeling of family, is when I spend time with you, sir, which is why I'm so grateful for this moment. You remind me of where I come from, and you remind me of the values that were instilled in me early, and you remind me what my father always said and lived by, which is that attitude is everything. It is not what happens to you. It is how you deal with what happens to you, and if you can get through it, with a smile on your face and remain positive and joyful and remain a man of faith and integrity, you're going to be okay. I want you to know that you remind me of the best people I've known in my life and I wanna thank you for that. But before I start to actually shed tears as I choke up here, I wanna talk about you, the player again. I find it fascinating that a young kid who is afraid to answer questions in class would have the temerity and the guts to stand under center and call out plays to 10 other guys wearing the same color jersey, that takes some real guts on your part, especially somebody who may have been inclined not to want to speak up. You're not just speaking up, you're shouting up and you're leading an entire team. Did that help you get over
3: that? Yes, and, te- and let me tell you how I almost didn't get to that point. My freshman year in college, I was an okay high school athlete, just, you know, just okay. Three sport guy and all that. And I got a partial scholarship to Northern Michigan, the Northern Michigan University, Division Two. So I went out for football. Well, I was, I don't know, sixth, seventh string quarterback. And I was, um, homesick. And I was not, you know, not even close to playing or any of that. And one day I called home. We had a, we had a little phone on the end of the hall. You had to take turns, you know, cause you didn't have cell phones or had phones in your room. You had to wait to call home. And I said to my mom and dad, I said, I don't think I want to play football anymore. I said, you know what? I, uh, this is not for me. And, and I just think I want to come home. And this is in training camp before school starting. And I had a girlfriend and I was homesick for her. And that was kind of, that was, that was not the reason, but I was just, just, done with football and just distraught and I wasn't very confident. I didn't feel like I fit in or just like it belonged there. It's like, nah, I'm tapping out. So I call up, I call up my parents and my dad says, all right, just uh, stay there. I'll, I'll be right up. I had my bags packed over there by the mailbox over there from the dorms, right on the street. I couldn't wait to get out of there. I'm sitting on my suitcase for an hour before he showed up because I was so anxious to bail out of there. And you thought you were getting a ride home. He was going to come pick you up? Oh, yeah. No, I was going home. And everything was going to be fine because I was going home. And my mom was going to cook some cheese raviolis or something. (laughs) Give me a hug. My dad said, okay, he got there. He goes, all right, let's uh, turn around and let's go back up into your room. And I went, I thought I was going to jump in your car. He goes, no, grab your suitcase and let's go back to your room. So we sat there and started talking. And he said, all right, you talk to me. Talk to me. What, what do you What are you feeling? Why are you calling me to come and get you? Tell me why. So I whatever I told him, I don't think he gave a damn because he said to me, he says, "I hear you, I hear you." You know, it's maybe a little tough time for you right now. You know, everybody goes off to college for the first time, and I was a homebody, and I, I was eighty miles away from home, and that was a long way from home for me. Man, I wasn't going across the country to go to college. I wanted to be close to home, and so. Long story short, he convinced me to stay one more day. Just just, just stay one more day. Let's go talk to your coach. Let's go talk to your coach. Muff Sandona. I said, Coach. Muff Sandona. Muff Sandona was one of the coaches. Well, Everybody, they don't
2: make them like they used to. And Muff, I
3: mean Muff said, Coach Muff says, oh, he's doing good. He's doing good. Hey, Stevie, you're doing good. You stay here another game. Okay, I'll stay here another day. One more day. And then one more day turned into two more days. Okay, and then and then two more days turned into, why don't you just stay here till school starts? And then uh, it, it's a different round here, action, girl, girls, uh, everything's happening on campus. And so they talked me into staying a little bit longer. Well, I stayed, okay? Here's the lesson there. Here's the lesson. My dad knew me better than I knew myself. When I told him I don't like football anymore, inside he was saying BS. You might be feeling that for a second, but I know you love football. I watched you grow up. Too many times parents and these are lessons learned now, man. It's not just about staying at the football camp. These are lessons learned. Sometimes our parents know us better than we know ourselves. Sometimes parents can't be a friend and go, "Oh yeah, whatever you want, I'll take you home." Sometimes they have to make a tough help you make a tough call and say, "You know what?" Uh, let's, let's, let's look at it a little bit differently. Let's, let's just tough it out for a second here. Let's just give it another try or something like that. Sometimes maybe parents don't do that enough. Maybe sometimes tough love is the best love. And you know what? My dad wasn't coming up to pick me up. He was not going to let me go home. He was going to convince me to stay there one more day. Well, I stayed there one more day. Thank God every night that he made me stay there every day. Because I don't know what I would be doing right now. I I don't know. Maybe I would be a real successful, you know, entrepreneur. I don't know. Maybe I would have been teaching school. Maybe I don't know what I would have been. But, but all I know is he had the foresight and he knew his kids. He knew what was good for us and what we loved and, you know, and, and that a tough time is, is worth it sometimes to say, Hey, I'm not taking you home. You're going to stay here for another day or two or see what happens.
2: It is said in sports that teams learn how to win, and it is said on the flip side that sometimes, in the worst of circumstances, teams learn how to lose, and I think that that may come from seminal moments like you had with your dad, where he was not going to allow his son to learn how to quit. You never did quit. You played. You didn't just play. You played well. You won a national championship. What was your stat line in the national championship winning game?
3: (laughs) It was a doozy. Yeah, yeah you weak. remember that game like it happened yesterday. Well, we beat Western Kentucky and it, and it wasn't it, they were a much more talented team than Hilltoppers? We were. Yeah, the, the, the Hilltoppers, but but the story is, the story is the year before we were winless. We were the only team in any sport ever, pro, college, women's, men that went winless one year to championship and to national champion the next year. It's never happened before, okay? We're talking about a movie here, okay? This We were and on the 0-10 team. Yeah. I played a little bit. I was a freshman, yep. a red-shirt freshman. Played a little bit against Central Michigan. Played against Elkhorn State. Played a little bit, but nobody was any good, so we had a revolving door. And the very next year, we won it all. Now, talk about lessons learned. And it wasn't just about luck. It was about a lot of hard work, a lot of additional players, right? Additional coaches, uh, you know, changing some things, obviously. Winning close games, A little bit of luck, A little bit of skill. But um, yeah, 1975 national champions, Northern Michigan. And it was at a time... Where in Division Two was all combined with Division One AA, and half a lot of these Division One schools. You know, we had to beat the Central Michigans, and the Delawares, and the Troy States of Alabama, and Boise State, and all Western Kentucky, and all of those pretty darn good schools then to, to, to get that done. So it was really competitive then. But yeah, I was I was lucky too because a lot of guys got hurt. A lot of guys got hurt. I ended that league that season third string. And then one guy got hurt in practice, and then the next Bobby Tuma gets hurt recovering a, a fumbled snap at his elbow. All of a sudden, I'm in the game. Like, oh, here we go, here we go. And then we won it all. But we, <laughs> I had a good supporting cast.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired.
2: You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. And- I believe in luck. I'm not going to say I don't believe in luck, but I do believe that people are where they are supposed to be quite often. You were clearly exactly where you were supposed to be. Three years later, three years after winning the national championship at Northern Michigan, you are coaching as a quarterbacks and running backs coach, your alma mater northern Michigan. You were there for two years. You went to Cal State Fullerton. You were there for three years. You went to Louisville for two. You were at the USFL for two. You were at USC for a year as an assistant coach. And then you got the jump to a Pac-12, five years at Cal. Did you mention the Packers in there? Well, we're going to get to that. Okay.
3: <laughs>
2: you were offensive coordinator, five years at Cal, followed by four years With a little team, not far from where you grew up, the Green Bay Packers. The sun used to rise and set, according to Steve Mariucci, on the Green Bay Packers. And there you are, walking through the tunnel at Lambeau Field, pinching yourself, as you said before, saying, I can't believe I'm here. But you were there. You went from there back to Cal to be the head coach. Mm -hmm. And then you made the jump right back to the NFL Six years with the Niners. Three years with the Lions. A lot of wins. A lot of losses. A lot of learning lessons. It is an impossible question to answer. Give me one game in the L column that you want back and why. We don't live with regrets. And I know that the overarching philosopher in you would say, every learning lesson is there for a reason. I wouldn't change one loss for a win. I wouldn't change one win for a loss. Too easy. I want a game that still gnaws at you and nags at you a game that you lost that you wish you had back and why
3: so you mentioned i coached at the green bay packers so when i was coaching the niners we're playing the green bay packers in the nfc championship game
0: here it is and the kneel down by brett Favre, and brett is going to go to the sidelines he's surging out steve mariucci
3: and I know everybody on that sideline from not only Brett Favre, who I coached or Mike Holmgren and Andy Reid and all those guys, uh, Reggie White, all of the guys I love. Okay. We're playing against them. We're the number one seed. We were 13 and three. Uh, they came to our place at the championship game. El Nino, it was rainy. It was awful weather, the whole thing. And we played that whole season without Jerry Rice. He got hurt in the first game. And so we, we, uh, so to, to lose your best player like that and still win 14 games, that was kind of fun. But, um, we're playing in that game and they get us. They get us. They go to the Super Bowl. That would have been my, my shot, a good shot to go to the Super Bowl with a team. I, have been to the championship game three different times with three different teams, Rams and Niners and Packers and never went to the Super Bowl. That would have been the Super Bowl, um, uh, that, that would have, Would have made your resume completely different.
2: Your resume, I should think you might agree with me. Okay, you didn't get your ring.
3: You didn't get your Lombardi. You didn't have your hoist. And I will tell you, I will tell you, I'm sorry if I interrupt. No, please. Because this is your show. Packers go to the Super Bowl. Who beats them? Denver Broncos, John Elway. Well, we beat beat them badly at our place um, on a Monday night, Steve Young against John Elway, it was a night that Eddie DeBarlow introduced Joe Montana at halftime and retired his jersey. It was the biggest Monday night game ever, and uh, I don't know, we were 12-2, and two and they were whatever, they eleven and 3 whatever, it was two great teams, and we beat them 30-something to 17, we beat them good, and then they ended up going on a streak and ended up winning the darn Super Bowl.
2: If I submit to you that for the ring that you didn't get, and the trophy that you didn't get to hoist you still had hundreds, nay, thousands of young men who came through your office and played on your practice field and sat at your feet, learned from your mouth, and were sent into the field of battle at your charging that are better off today for having done that than you are or you would have been for having won a Super Bowl. Yes, your resume would have just a little bit more fairy dust, a little bit more glitter on it, The trophies, your rings, your trophies, your victories are the young men that came your way and left with more enthusiasm for life, more enthusiasm for the game, a better understanding of that game, and more importantly, a better understanding of themselves. Am I overstating that, or is that the Steve Mariucci that I know?
3: Well, I hope you're right. Um, I I do. In retrospect, you know, you always think about what you could have done differently or better, and of course, I have no regrets. But um, is that true? People say they have
2: no regrets because I think no, that's something people that's, are supposed to say. That, is right. that true?
3: No, it's not true. I just said that. So I do have regrets. <laughs> <laughs> here's a here's a regret I have. Wait, he, give so, me a regret because I I I took pride and enjo- I got enjoyment out of getting to know the players. I mean, I mean. I had Reggie White at my house for dinner with his kids. Okay, playing touch football in the backyard. Who can and I, say that? I mean, and I had Steve. That? I mean, I had the my players enjoy my my family and and my kids enjoy them, and you know, it was terrific. I just wish I would have gotten to know the backup players better. I, I didn't. I, I didn't spend enough time getting to know everybody, and I get you know, and I don't know if there's enough time in a day to do that to get to know. You know, there's, there's 60 or 80 guys when we talk practice squad and everybody to get to know everybody on that level. But there's sometimes where, you know, a guy who says, yeah, I was a backup over you. And I, and I remember, but I don't remember having a, you know, a, a close relationship with everybody. You know what I mean? So sometimes I'll regret that, but you, you, you can, you only have so much time in a day.
2: And if you had spent that time with them,
3: would you have been able to spend as much time with Gail and your kids? No, no, that's okay. There, you just reminded me of a regret. Because when I was coaching the Niners, okay, I went to my son's graduation, eighth grade at Sacred Heart Elementary, okay, eighth grade graduation. And he's up there. It was in the church. And this lady in front of us kept turning around to Gail and I going, oh, he looks so handsome. I'm so proud of him. So I hit Gail on the leg. I go, who is that? She goes, that's his teacher, you bozo. And, and I, I, there's a regret. I did not know that. know that. I did not invest enough time and interest in some of my kids' stuff at school. You miss a lot. You, you work every day. You miss a lot. There's a regret for that. And it's a trade-off when football coaching is not the only job that you work a lot of hours. You know, heck, there's a lot of jobs where you're gone away from your family for weeks at a time. Um, but I, I missed a lot of their childhood. I missed a lot of that. And, and, um, so when I got done, I got, I felt I had guilt. I mean, it's like.
2: Do they understand? Have yeah. you talked about that?
3: A million times. I have one. They son, knew what you were going through. They knew what you were doing. I, I tried to make up for it. How do you, how do you make up for not reading them a the bedtime story at, at at night when you should be? I would have them at the games. I would have them come into the locker room. I would have them at training camp. They would be handing out jocks and socks and water during training camp to hang out with dad for three weeks. So I would try to do some extra things that that most kids don't get a chance to do. They get a chance to do that. But does it make up for all the lost time? I don't know. I don't know if it does. Time is interesting with regards to your story.
2: You found later in life an affinity for... And an affection for and a love for wine. You know wine better than most. Yes, you like drinking it as much as anyone, but you know it better than most. Is it the cultivation? Is it the time? <laughs> is it is it is it what it takes to I, make it that sort of excites you about it?
3: What? Or is it simply? I'm not a wino. Okay. I know
2: you're not a know you're a
3: wine. You, you know what I? I en- you know what I enjoy about wine? What's that? I don't drink wine when I'm home alone. I drink wine with friends and family at dinner that's why I love wine because it's the occasion it's the reason you're drinking it it's not because I'm sitting there by myself pounding down a Cabernet all right I have merlot grown in my backyard but it's um and I never thought I'd be a farmer but I but it's uh it's a it's a, it's a just a it's a just an interesting interesting and and I, we go up to Napa and in of course California is third largest producing area in the world, next to Italy and France, for wine. And so um, we just enjoy it. But it's the company that you keep when you have a glass of wine in your hand. Listener, I think that is the perfect end to this moment. And I'm going to
2: say right now, I'm going on the record and saying this is merely part one of Steve Mariucci's story. There are so many more questions I have to ask and so many more stories I want to mine from you. But the story you just told is perfect because it reminds me that all of my doubts about NFL phraseology and taglines are dashed because Steve Mariucci, Stephen Ray Mariucci does in fact remind us that football can be and football is family. I'm so grateful to be a part of yours. Steve Mariucci, our guest today. Thank you so much, Coach. Please join us tomorrow for Friday answers to Sunday questions like who wins, who scores, who stars, and yes, Who stumbles? It's a regrettable question to answer, but we have to ask. It's our job. It's your official Week 15 Viewer's Guide to the NFL. Till then, ciao for now. (laughs) NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or
0: wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling